you've been in the situation before being, uh, you know, an NFL PA representative. Um, in regards to, um, you know, kind of the frustration that players around the league have expressed about, um, you know, the new regulations surrounding COVID, from your perspective, right, you know, even though you're not in that role now, how do you balance, you know, that individual, you know, kind of choice that people are, are talking about and, and you know, wanting to you know, look out for, you know, the rights of, you know, players with the realities of the pandemic is still happening and, and this, you know, very much still affects people on a, on a broader scale. So, um, you know, from, from your perspective, like, how tough is that balance? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, certainly, I think the the job of the PA is to ensure that each and every player feels like they're protected and represented um, and that their rights are, um, you know, certainly protected. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're playing in a unique time right now where I think there are oftentimes more questions than answers. So it's, it is a balancing act. And look, anytime you implement any type of protocols in any setting, you know, not everyone's going to be happy with the protocols. I mean, that's, it could be this situation. It could be any other workplace situation. It could be on a state level, national level. So I assume that there will be dialogue moving forward. You know, I think it's important that our leadership makes all the players feel like they're supported. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to the job that they're doing because I'm not intimately familiar with the process, but I hope that at the end of all this, that guys feel like they're adequately represented, uh, protected. Thank you. Next question, Ian Seale, followed by Andrew Callahan. Hey, Matthew, welcome back. Thank you. Um, kind of along the lines, talking about the union, uh, you know, Matthew Judon had a tweet saying his disapproval with the union in terms of the protocols and everything like that. How can you guys make sure that that doesn't, you know, bubble up and, and cause a divide in the locker room, so to speak? Yeah, look, I, I think it's, in terms of our locker room, we're going to make sure that everybody feels supported. And, you know, there's certain decisions that have to be made one way or the other. And I think that guys should feel comfortable to make decisions that they feel like are best for them and their families. And we're going to support them in doing so. In terms of league-wide and how to scale that out, I don't know. That's that's tough. Uh, this is a very, you know, emotional, tough issue for a lot of people. People have strong feelings and opinions about the way things should be done. Um, certainly, you try to hear out everyone and act accordingly and do your best to uh, do what's in the best interest of, of all the players. So. Um, that's a that's a tall task for the PA. The leadership's going to really need to step up and make sure that they do a good job of of representing our players in a way that's fair um, for everyone. Andrew Callahan followed by Zach Cox. Hey Matthew, it's good to see you. Thanks for taking the time here today. Um, no I, I was asking David Andrews this in terms of. You know, we know the pads aren't going to go on until next week and it's early in camp. So there's a lot of learning to be done on the field, but also in terms of your locker room. So I'm wondering, as a longtime leader and captain, what do you do and what can you do to learn about just the guys in the locker room, what the personality of the team might be, that new dynamic 
I mean, do you make any extra efforts to foster that? Or what, what have you learned maybe in the past, just in the first few days of camp, about a new team each year? Yeah, I think you really have to be intentional in terms of fostering relationships, you know, getting to know guys off the football field, um, learning what makes them tick, learning about their families, learning about the things that motivate them. So that requires a, a level of intentionality. And I think we have guys that with enough emotional intelligence to be able to sort that out and connect with their teammates. The locker room is, a, is such a unique place. There's so many different mentalities and interests and communities and families represented. It's a, a terrific blend of all those things. So we'll do a good job of that, of just trying to get to know each other as men as we go through this process, because eventually I think it's always the relationships and the bonds that carry the team throughout the course of the season. Obviously you got to play good football, but it helps when you're going out there moving and acting as one. On that note, real quickly, I asked Evan this too, and I know things are one day at a time, one practice at a time, never more so than in training camp, but as someone who has built relationships in this locker room for so long and known Devin and you guys have been leaders together, as someone who's considered retirement, Devin's last year of his contract, do you have any sense even in the back of your mind or any sense at all, like this might be a last go round for us kind of, you know, passing that baton on that torch to the guys coming up this season, not knowing what the future holds for either of you as two of the last kind of tenured veterans in that locker room? Yeah, you know, I, I do think it's important that we cherish the moments that we have. There, there are no guarantees. And I know for me, player in my position, there's never been any guarantees in this league. So, you know, with, with all the changes that occur in this league, free agency and the way that that's changed the landscape of the NFL, it's important that you embrace every moment you have with that team that particular season because change is inevitable and no one is exempt from that. So. Certainly, as you become older, you know you're closer to the end. You try to hold on to those moments a little bit more. You try to hold on to the relationships a little bit more and enjoy the process. And I think it's good if we all do that, whether you're, you know, 35 like myself or you're 22 like some of our rookies. You know, you got to enjoy the process. You can't take anything for granted and try to make the most of it. Thanks, Matthew. Matt Cox, followed by Evan Lazar. Hey, Matthew, hope all is well. Um, this is sort of along the same lines as Andrew's second question. Uh, when we spoke to you near the tail end of last season, uh, you said that you had to give it some thought before you decided whether you were going to come back for another season. Um, I was just wondering what made you make the decision to, uh, to play this year? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, thankfully the good Lord blessed me with the opportunity. They got to want you here. So, you know, coach wanted me back and I felt good and, and I still love this game. I love to compete. Um, I love the process, prep, the, the process of preparing yourself to play a season. I love the relationships that exist within the locker room. There's nothing like this. And look, when it's done, it's done. You can't go back five, six years from now and, and pick it back up. So, you know, spend some time praying about it. I felt like it was the right thing to do for myself and my family to continue to play and thankful for the opportunity that, that has been presented to me. But now I've got to earn my keep. I mean, I've got to go out here and make this team and contribute at a high level and, and earn my spot here. Next 
Next question, Evan Lazar, followed by Chris Mason. Hey, Matthew, how's it going? I'm well, Evan, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, you know, a lot of the younger players, as you can probably relate to in the beginning of your career, uh, contributing on special teams is sort of a way to make the team and, and a way to contribute and all that kind of stuff. How much do you, uh, I know you're not a coach, but how much do you kind of help those younger players to contribute in the kicking game and learn those positions and, and be able to, you know, give themselves four down value, if you will? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a big part of my role on this team now is to try to get their get the buy-in from the younger players and help them to understand that hey this this can be a bridge to maybe more playing time for you in the future or just an opportunity for you to have a career. The reality is you go out there, you're not gonna have seven starting receivers on game day. Somebody's gonna have to go out there and play in the kicking game if they're gonna be active. And the same goes for the linebacker, the same goes for you know the defensive backs and so on and so forth. So Helping those guys understand that and see the big picture, I think, is um, part of my job as a leader on this team, especially when it comes to the kicking game. And, you know, they want to give themselves every every chance they can um, to make this football team. They show the coaches that they're flexible, they have position flexibility, that they can go out and contribute in a different number a variety of different ways it's going to give them a chance to make this team and you want to see everybody have success so um we'll be preaching that buy-in in the past we've had great buy-in from those young kids and i'm sure it'll continue to be the same this year thanks matt no problem. three final questions we'll go chris mason phil perry and mike reese go ahead chris hey matthew thanks for doing this no problem I'm just wondering, uh, what are your first impressions of Quinn Nordine? We got a brief look at him at minicamp, but it looked like he had a—he's got a leg on him. He's got a cannon on him. There's no doubt about that. He's—he's he's super explosive. And Quinn, he asked a ton of questions, which I love. Um, young guys who ask questions. He's trying to learn. He's trying to improve every day. He's trying to do the right things. And you know, you can't ask for more from a young player who's eager to learn and improve, and just to come out and work hard and. And really, our whole rookie class has kind of embraced that mentality this year. So look forward to working with Quinn. He's in a great room with some great veteran players between Nick and Joe and Jake. He can learn a great deal. So I'm sure he'll continue to learn. He's going to get some good coaching. We'll see how it plays out. Thanks, Matthew. Last two questions, Phil Perry and Mike Reese. Matthew, good to see you, sir. How are you, Phil? I'm great. I'm great. I uh, just want to give you a chance. We just heard from Devin. He he gave your wife, Sharzad, uh, some credit for um, maybe helping uh, with some understanding as as you and, and, you know, by extension, your team have kind of been navigating this this whole process. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to um, maybe share with us how important she's been as, as you've kind of been going through the steps here, whether it's last year with COVID, but, you know, now vaccinations and, and going into another year with, with some protocols here. Well, that's, that's really nice of Devin. Um, look, I, I think that my wife has a unique set of skills and her experience as a medical doctor really has been tremendous, a tremendous resource for us during this time, I think. Her big thing is just making sure that people are able to make educated decisions. She's not telling people to get vaccinated or, or telling people not to get vaccinated. She just wants to present them with facts. If they have questions, 
she wants to give them the answers, even if she doesn't have it herself, she has colleagues that she can speak to. They can kind of point guys and their families in the right direction. So uh, I'm so proud of her, her willingness to serve in that way, her willingness to make herself available while she's, you know, raising three children uh, to help people. And, and really, I mean, she tells me all the time, the reason that she became a physician is because she wanted to help people. And that's what, that's what this is about for her, um, is serving, educating, um, using the gifts that God's given her during during a really challenging time. I and mean, there's just, like I said earlier, there's so many questions, there's so many unknowns. People have some valid concerns and you know you try to get as many answers for them as you can certainly there's some things that we don't have answers to and we won't for you know several months and several years down years in some cases but um you know i just really love her and appreciate her willingness to serve with humility and grace thanks a lot man no problem last question mike reese hey matthew always good to see you um, just thought I'd end on on an event that I think you're hosting on the 7th of August down in Providence, a community jamboree. Um, what what can people expect uh, from that? And, um, you know, maybe just a little bit more on, on why you put it together, your foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, again, my wife uh, is a major driving force behind this event. We we started our foundation in hopes of just helping people. I mean, we've been given such a unique platform through the game of football, and we feel it, really feel like it's given us an opportunity to give back in some unique ways. So we're doing a community jamboree on August 7th. And the idea here is just to com connect people in the community with resources that exist around them. Um, you know, we're gonna have several church groups there, several community groups. There's going to be free food. There's going to be church choirs, live music. Um, but it's we want people from the community to come out, and we know they have a variety of needs, and we want them to just be aware and educated as far as what's out there for them, uh, especially the people of Providence. It's a community that's very dear to our near and dear to our family. So, um, look, we it's it's a time to celebrate community to connect with resources and just to to be together again. I think the last year when you had community stripped away from you, you realize that we really are better when we're together and we're doing things together, we're serving together, we're working together towards common goals. Um, so we're just hoping to spark that connection again, give the people some resources, you know, have a good time, be a great event. Good luck with it. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Matthew, thank you Thanks, very guys. much. Thanks, everyone.